Hey there, lurkers. What do you think about the show Deadlock, the bungee controversy, and me and Scott talking about Insidious? <laughs> uh, it sounds way better than spending 12,000 pounds on a lifelike dog costume. So let's lurk. Scott, this series, we talk a lot about, like, things in media. Stuff we'd watch, stuff we'd entertain ourselves with over the week. You don't have to tell me. I'm in the show. Lurkers. (laughs) We have to talk about one of the biggest entertainers in the world. Take a guess. It's not on this list. I'm just, I'm I'm going to give a little preamble before we start. Ed Sheeran. Nope. Bigger. Did you know he was in Minnesota for a show and he like worked a shift at Legoland. I saw that. I didn't know that that was at our Legoland. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. Cool. <laughs> what is one of the biggest sporting events in America? The Super Bowl. Average views. There's nothing bigger in America than the Super Bowl. False. What are the average views of the Super Bowl? 50 million something. Yeah, it's like 100 million. Okay. That's a lot. How much? Does an ad cost at the Super Bowl? Right now, five $5 million? Seven About $5 million. million. Yeah. For like 30 seconds. Five mm-hmm. million bucks for a 30 second spot. What if I told you that Mr. Beast averages 120 million views per episode and he comes out with a new one like every week? He's my hero. That's what His- I would say. <laughs> His viewership is so large. He's gone on podcasts and he has said that companies can't advertise with me. I can't find sponsors because imagine somebody like Squarespace. They would find a podcast like us and they would say, hey, we've got a a budget of maybe a million dollars this quarter for ad spending. So we're going to divvy it out. Ten thousand here. Two thousand over here. Five hundred bucks for these guys. Mr. Beast commands more of an audience than all of them combined and would <laughs> and would just destroy these marketing budgets. They don't have the funding to pay Mr. Beast for his viewership. So he started his own companies. Oh, okay. But hold on, hold on. First of all, I just want to say thank you for thinking that Squarespace would reach out to us. We've, we've had some weird people reaching out to us that turn out to be scams but squarespace if you're out there we enjoy building easy websites with marketplaces to allow people to is that what they do is that what is that what shop for shirts yeah yeah exactly what they do that was great it would be so nice to have the financial independence of mr beast where you literally cannot be bought like (laughs) you have fu money for corporations Mm -hmm. every single corporation in the world Although I feel like the Saudis could come in and say like, eh. <laughs> 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 oh, you think you've good. got some money, huh? All right. <laughs> this show is really about like shows and series, games and movies. I read a book and I watched Mr. Beast videos this week. Wait a minute. You said you can't read. So did you actually read a book? No. but you listen to an audiobook and it still counts we're not shaming i just didn't know if you did like the two minute thing you know where like 
read two pages, and then if you like it, you keep going. I had Mommy Alexa read it to me. <laughs> and then you also watch Mr. Beast videos. I, I sound like a real child right now. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, let's see here. Which foot goes into the footsie pajamas first for you? <laughs> butt. The butt, okay. Did you did you glean anything from the Mr. Beast videos? You said he made his own companies. Now, I know he's done Mr. Beast Burger, which has, you know, mired in financial controversy right now. He started that chocolate line, <coughs> and he... Feastables. Uh, Feastables. Beastables? Feastables. Feast. Feastables. I'm glad you brought that up, Feastables, because the word Feastable is featured heavily in this week's series slash show we are going to cover. Deadlock is a series that I have recently started watching on the recommendation of one of your former co-workers. It was recommended because we like watching um, kind of like not murder shows necessarily, but like detective shows where they're trying to solve murders and stuff. Deadlock is about this New Zealand, Australian town, really small, kind of like country town. And it's currently going through a change where one of the first episodes, somebody exclaims, we have gays now. (laughs) 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 And it's it's a comedy. It's a dark comedy, but still. Um, All of the men are really kind of upset because a bunch of lesbians moved into the town and are taking (laughs) over. So... Uh, And then some murders start happening. So if you're a fan of accents, the Australian accents, which I know you are, Willie. Margot Robbie. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you're a fan of, you know, comedic police procedurals, (laughs) I highly recommend this Deadlock series. Based on what you said, it sounds like this series is like, I think it's subtitle was Kiwi of Freedom. (laughs) You do need subtitles, though, honestly, because, like, the accents are very thick. So uh, for everybody who's into subtitles these days, yeah, you're definitely going to need it for this one. Uh, But it's on Prime. There's 10 episodes in this first season. I don't know if there's going to be any more. But it, it starts out a little weird, and then a couple episodes in really hits its stride. It's very good. Highly recommend. This week, as I'm recovering, I decided that I was going to boot up my PC and see what games I've been playing, and let's maybe jump right back into a game. And that led me to realize that the last time I picked up a controller was July 1st of this year. It's been a while, and the last game I played was Destiny. So I thought, I need to catch up with all the news surrounding Bungie and Destiny and what's on the horizon because it's almost fall and this is usually when developers like Bungie will release content. I was met with a community full of vitriol towards this company that you and I have loved for a long time. But this is nothing new. (laughs) Hate and Bungie (laughs) go together like cookies and Willie's mouth. You haven't played video games since... July 1st, when's the last time you had a cookie? I had a, co- I had a cookie in the break room today. 
But why, why is everybody pissed at Bungie now is, I guess, the, the question. <laughs> so uh, this time of year, there is a community event called GCX, Games Community Expo. Okay. I believe you. The idea is it, it was built off the back of uh, Destiny in its early days. And so Bungie has always played a big part. And leading up to this convention, they end up being one of the big keynote speakers. Okay. And they went on a marketing blitz this week. They released their state of the game for Destiny and started talking about progression things that are going to be happening over the course of the next year, the next release, which is called Final Shape. Is that the end, by the way? Is that the final sh- no, final thing? That's the end of the light versus dark saga, as they're calling it. Okay. All right. The problem that the community had is that Bungie has taken all of their biggest developers, taken them away from the game, and put them on Marathon. And and I don't mean, like, just a few. I mean, like, when Bungie was making the game Myth, they poached a... a, It was a game built for, like, black and green screened Macs in school. Yeah. It was one of the first Mac games ever. This main person who's kind of the art director, and I, I'm going to fail to find his name, he started back then in Myth, went through all of the, the Halo stuff onto Destiny, made Forsaken, and now he's over at this platform. So when Bungie released the state of the game, there's nothing we need to really look forward to, and the community's frustrated. I read over the state of Bungie thing, and... Some notable omissions were PvP improvements. Zero. Which, as somebody who doesn't play PvP, I was just kind of like, eh, I'd rather have more story. Because that's been my biggest complaint with the entire Destiny franchise. Is that the story gets ten minutes, a couple cutscenes, and then grind. Grinder. Grinder it all day long. Until the next season drops. But what was really interesting... And now it uh, it makes complete sense because they pulled all the devs. It's like they're not even releasing a new set of armor, which is like the lowest of low thing for this upcoming season change. Mm-hmm. They they're just they're not even like reskinning something with a new color. Uh, they're nope. not giving like a new hat. Like <laughs> it's just wow, very bare bones. It feels like the end. Yeah. And it's a sad way for this franchise to go, even though they will they will openly admit that, you know, the reason we're not doing this is because people have dropped off or people are not engaging with this content. Not because it's their fault, so to speak, <laughs> but people just aren't interested anymore. So I guess we'll stop and we'll make Marathon all shiny and shove that up our bum. You have the ability now to have two studios going to be able to make two games and they don't seem to really want to put any weight behind destiny anymore it's crumbling it's falling apart if i had a guess scott they're going to finish this next uh saga or finish out the light versus dark saga and then they're gonna pause and i bet they pause for a while on destiny yeah I would not be surprised if Marathon became front and center. They probably want to make it into a COD competitor. Yep. 
what's uh what's something that's kind of like free to play and then everybody kind of just occasionally plays it you see it sometimes but it's not anything great what what warframe like it becomes a warframe porn on reddit it's free but it's never enough it's pretty popular but they make you work for it <laughs> i think it's time that we talk about my my favorite thing of the weekend which is we made scott watch insidious lurkers well done everybody round of applause tap on the back i'll have you know that after we were done watching the movie willie left me alone in my house for six hours until my wife came home from your future wife's bachelor <laughs> yeah. party it's like it was planned so scott had to be alone in the dark <laughs> oh man but seriously let's talk about this movie i don't watch scary movies and that was the reason it was my punishment the biggest reason is I have vivid dreams pretty much every single night, and I don't want any of that imagery to show up when I can't control it. Um, hold on, hold on. There, there will be clips of Scott and I watching this movie sprinkled about here. I'm going to try and cut something together. But, but Scott, Oh, yeah, we recorded talk, the whole thing. Right before we started recording, Scott goes, Man, you know, I had a, I almost had a lucid dream last night. I almost had this amazing out of body, and then the movie gets started, and it's all about this kid lucid dreaming, essentially. <laughs> so, it's a what? It's a 2013 movie. It's been 10 years. 2010. 2010 movie. So, 13 year old movie. Uh, no spoilers at this point. Sorry. Uh, Insidious is about. This family that moves into a house, something happens to his kid. I think he falls down and goes into a coma. He's climbing up in the ladder, hears a noise, falls over. The the weird stuff starts happening. They start seeing things in the house. The wife freaks out. They make a move to a different house. Weird stuff follows. And then we find out that apparently... Uh, this family astral projects, and when you astral project, you're going into a spirit realm. Bad stuff is in the spirit realm, tries to take you away from your body and possess. That's the synopsis. We've got clips, and I don't know if Willie's going to put them into the show, but we definitely will post them to YouTube of us reacting, mostly me reacting. And you can tell every time I am nervous, I have my hands like around my face, like trying to block. <laughs> and I just want to get into not necessarily that I'm a big scaredy cat, but let's talk about the actual movie. Let's look at it from a lens of we've seen a lot of good movies. Sure. And now we have to go and watch a 13 year old movie. You and I have some criticisms, like some legit criticisms, but we also have some legit, I guess, positive feedback for it. Totally. What did you think of the character development? Because that's always a huge thing for me. I think that the boy, the one that is kind of the main, the, the boy in the coma, mm -hmm. his on-screen performance was great. <laughs> I wish, I the wish they would minutes? have reversed roles. Because the other boy, he's gone. He Like, I don't know, did he get hit by something? He's gone. He disappeared. Halfway through yeah. the film. 
Um, mom i think like the uh who's the actress that plays the mom rose Byrne. i think she did a pretty great job during the tense moments but her performance during the slow mundane day-to-day moments not great you are a hundred percent correct where the hell did the kid go when they moved houses both we didn't of them. see him and once. The baby. Gone. And the Not baby once. was gone. And they didn't talk about it once. This is so this is like what we were talking about when it comes to criticisms. Patrick Wilson? Okay. Yeah, Patrick Wilson. That was you get no character development out of him. And then all of a sudden he needs to be our savior. Like our super mom is working her ass off while this <laughs> dude's at school jacking off, falling asleep. And we never, like, why are we supposed to care about him? It is all over the place. We don't know why we're supposed to really care about anybody. A third of the way through the movie, nothing has been explained. Stuff is just happening, but we don't know, like, where they came from. They lived in a house where something was going wrong before. Like, there's just all these little snippets and stuff. So whoever edited this movie, like... I bet you wish you could get take like get something back, like change it, do a Snyder cut. <laughs> yes. The shot selection was super weird. It did not make sense really until the very end of the movie, but it wasn't something you could follow along too. Like you'd be in sepia tone, there'd be like a grayscale, there'd be a weird side to side rotation back and forth and then like predator vision for some reason and the the only thing i really liked out of the whole film was the scene where they're in the soul arena of they're in the astral plane or wherever it was and he's got a lantern and you run it's into the upside down yeah pretty much upside down 1.0 <laughs> and he sees like all the ghosts that are around him but only when the light's there nothing else shows up in the pitch black like that was beautiful everything else with like sudden fast motion and then like wavy things i said this to willie while we were recording it felt like they had just gotten some sort of new video editing software and they're like "Ooh, what does this button do this looks cool (laughs) this is fun i'm gonna put that in there were some some really great parts i think the story they're trying to tell which is different than like a demon possessing a home Instead, it's about when you lucid dream or have super vivid dreams, you can astral project or leave your body, have an out-of-body experience. And that allows for other creatures from the further to infiltrate your body. That's a really creative idea. I don't know if we've necessarily heard that story told too often, I guess... Well, we've seen possession stuff like all the way back to The Exorcist and other movies have copied that over and over. But this is something where they're like, okay, this is a reason that they can do it. And it's because whether it was conscious or not, you are leaving your body kind of open and your Mm -hmm. soul's just kind of walking around. And so anybody can pop in. I wish there was a little bit more to that. And maybe there is in Insidious 2, which... I sadly will be watching. <laughs> if you're wondering why, just listen to last episode. 
Um, but I really like the ending. Did not see that coming. It a classic horror twist. They leave it on a cliffhanger, and the dad ends up being possessed by this ghost His that was witch? haunting him. Yeah. I remember reading about these films. Like I, I go onto moviespoiler.com and I read about them because I usually don't want to go spend the money to see it or <laughs> have the nightmares. And so I know I've read them and thought like, oh, yeah, that's that's scary. I'm glad I didn't go see that. But I honestly, as somebody who doesn't enjoy these types of films, thought like even though it didn't make a lot of sense. I'm interested at what happens now. <laughs> like it, it kind of like grew on me as the movie was going and it, it really helped that Willie was there because I could <laughs> like, bounce ideas off of him and we could make fun of things. But uh, this is what I want to know from you. The sound. Tell me about the sound because my hearing wasn't great that day. And really the last <laughs> title sequence seem to be the loudest thing in the entire movie. Let's say, Scott, your your hearing is perfect and you're not watching anything scary. You're just sitting in a room. It's quiet and dark. And then somebody plays the loudest <laughs> piano sound in your ear, like the screeching noise or static or like scrapes a knife across a plate in your ear. That's what this movie was doing. That's the biggest part of their jump scares is that it was just loud. Quiet, 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 20 decibels too low to blow your eardrums out. And so we jumped a lot, I think, because it was abrasively loud. There was a couple alarms that go off and that just it was right at the frequency that was like, ah, come on. like ugh. It's the only thing I, you I didn't can s- hear. I know, I know. <laughs> there was just no warnings in front of the movie that there might be some like strobing effects or there might be like loud. Uh, yeah, it's just old man yelling at a cloud here. But still, protect your hearing, folks. It's important. Trust me. So as far as the movie Insidious goes. If you haven't seen it, it is definitely worth a watch. I'd say go see it. As we know, Patrick Wilson suddenly went on to be in like every single scary movie of all time afterwards. And I think Insidious and Fast and Furious were trying to go neck and neck with sequels uh, because (laughs) number five, I think, is out in theaters right now. Um, Insidious, the red door. The final chapter in the Insidious series. The Lamperts must go deeper into the further than ever before to put their demons to rest once and for all. Also notice how they couldn't say they must go further into the further because they wrote themselves into a corner by calling it a stupid name. (laughs) (laughs) The only thing less stupid than that is that we've got to end the episode. That's our show, lovely lurkers. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Please rate and review wherever you lurk. We appreciate the love. So remember, be kind to each other, and we'll see you next week. Yeah.